an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. I have a name for this period because I tend towards comedy in my life. I try to make everybody laugh. People pleaser. And you do. You're very funny. Right? Everyone laughs in our group. You're so funny. I try. Like, my husband's always like, you should do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, yeah, only the brunch show. Because I get tired at, like, six. I couldn't do the late show. So I could be a brunch comic. There you go. I don't think there's a market for that. As long as I'm keeping you laughing in the group, I'm good. But I realize this is a middle schmerz. Like, people talk about when they go over the fence. When they go over, I mean, have you heard, like, is this resonating for what's real? Because I don't know. This is what I've heard. This period right now is where they're sort of lucid and they know it's going on, but then they do some really wacky things and you go, okay. I find it really hard. I find it really disconcerting and confusing on a daily basis. Like I said, it's like a minefield. Dementia Discussions. Here to help and empower our heroic caregivers with knowledge and experience. Dementia Discussions with the caregivers themselves and memory loss professionals. Here to help with 30 years as a geriatric social worker is your Dementia Discussions host, Barbara Hammond. Hello and welcome to Dementia Discussions. I'm Barbara Hammond. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Beth Harris. I know Beth through my support group at UCLA through the Mary S. Easton Alzheimer's Disease and Research Center. And Beth is caring for her mother, Gail, who I don't know. So, Beth, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you. And tell us about your mother. Give us a little description of your mother, who is not little. She sounds like she has a big personality from what I know. Humongous, humongous personality. She is a widow. My dad passed away about five or six years ago. Interestingly enough, he had glioblastoma. And after he had surgery and radiation, he sort of went straight into a dementia, like Mm. hardcore, like right away. So I had the experience with him of once they cross over the fence to full on dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever, frontal, temporal, whatever it's called. So he, for a year, thought he was on a boat went through all the things that you go through with people. And I actually, strangely enough, enjoyed, I feel like the period I'm in is one thing with my mom because she's on her way there. And he was so deep in it that I got the experience of how to handle that situation without the transitional period and more of dealing with his why I don't want to say fantasy world, but wherever his brain was, I think what, what happens is it's sad. It's really sad because you've lost them. But at the same time, I found it easier to just go with his fantasy. I actually found it quite creative and comical mm-hmm. because he thought he was in a boat. And like, you cannot explain. I only once in all that time tried to explain to him the truth. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because I told him he was a really funny guy. And because he was just questioning me, I said, Dad, you had a brain tumor, it was removed, and now you have dementia. And he said to me, Bethy, you're a lot of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> and then, you know, 
yeah, never did again. And, And so I learned then the secret to that part, dementia, is to go with it. He thought he was on a boat. Mom was upstairs. Meanwhile, he was in a facility. And I said, yeah, mom's upstairs. He's like, go get her. And he thought he was always in a business meeting with nurses. He thought nurses were business associates. It was actually quite comical. But with my mom, she was diagnosed about two years ago with MCI. And I find this whole period just so disconcerting and so confusing. And then about two months ago, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And she lives in an apartment building in Playa Vista. So two years ago with MCI and two months ago, did you say? Yes, with Alzheimer's. With Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So I am basically the one of three sisters that does everything for her. My sister, I do not have help. Mm. Once in a while, one of them will help. But, you know, it's hard. If you've had a rough relationship with a parent and then they decline, it's fascinating what happens to the family dynamic and it has been enlightening and completely upsetting that's its own separate category but handling her in the past few months has been incredibly stressful she lost her license because she got lost twice which is so common there are a lot of common themes with the Alzheimer's development, but there's also every case so different that I find that part frustrating. I want someone to give me a timeline, like Tuesday, this will happen. (laughs) And in one month, this will happen. It's not like that. Whereas she's been having this great run of things. And then all of a sudden I went over there Sunday, Saturday with my husband and she had one of her caretakers there. And my, well, we walked in and she said, somebody ordered breakfast for me. A couple of eggs, croissants, which I never order, and fruit. Somebody's missing their breakfast. Then Denise, her caretaker, took me aside and said, yeah, I went down to check about it. They said it was Gail. She ordered it. We told her we didn't have her normal English muffin. She said, what do you have? We said croissants. She said, send me two croissants and the fruit. And we sent it up. Uh, we know her voice. We know who she is. Like you're, you're going, wait, are you sure that's her? Cause you feel crazy because what happens is she so believes what she believes. It's hard. You can't try to reason. And they said, yeah, she did. She, this is what she did. I mean, I almost get slightly relieved when those things happen because I'm like, oh yeah, she does have it because other times she's so freaking normal. And aware that you're just going to be sure this is what's happening, which is why I go to my support group, because you guys always go, we all started with MCI. Beth, take her license away. Beth. How did that go? The license, the whole driving ordeal? Well, my mother is very money oriented. It's like you almost have to find out the thing they care about. (laughs) So we told her if she got in an accident with this diagnosis, they could sue her and she'll lose all her money. And that resonated with her? Yeah. When she was diagnosed with the MCI, I knew we had to get her out of her apartment in Beverly Hills. So no decision that you make for somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia is easy. So she was this groovy, the art world, very hip woman 
lived in Beverly Hills after my dad passed and had this life. And a lot of her friends were much younger from the art world. So the fact that I started realizing she needed to be somewhere that was a little safer, maybe with people her age, freaked her out. So like every decision, the license is one thing, but even before that. So I said to her one day, I'm going to look at this place. I know you're going to be mad at me. She gets very mad, very easy. That's just her personality. And she said, I'll go look. I was like, okay. So we went to look. And it's really pretty. You know what I mean? It's really actually quite a chic design. Mm -hmm. So she liked it. And we put her on the waiting list, which then was like a year and a half. Everybody wanted to live there. Now I think you can get a place, but easily. Because of COVID, I think it stopped everything. And then during COVID, we got her a place and it was a one bedroom with a den. And she said, oh, I'm going to move in. I'll take it. But I'm going to move into a bigger place once one opens up. And I said, great. So we moved her in. And that began the kind of theme that I have that I'm working on, which is called lying. <laughs> hmm I like to think of it ensuring someone's safety. Oh, uh, yes. What you do to ensure someone's safety and creativity. I like to think of it okay, as Okay, let's creative. call it that. Yeah. Because when I say lie, I'm a very honest person to a fault. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, so I'm creative. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very creative. We got her in there. We made it gorgeous. Put up all her art and fabulous stuff. And she never looked back. It's so great that she made the decision. That she was able to pull the trigger and not you. Yeah. And that's another theme that I've discovered as of actually this past week. I had my first big, big fight with her the other day because they want to put her on their medication program. So this facility, it's not facility, it's an apartment building, but they have 24-hour nurses. They also have for independent living, they have different levels of care. And one of their levels of care is medication management. And my mother called me last week and she said, my doctor forgot that I was on a diuretic. She was furious, wanted to change doctors, went crazy. And this is a concierge doctor at UCLA. And then I called the doctor. She's like, yeah, Gail needs to go on their medication program because she forgot she was on a diuretic. And I said, well, doctor, she told me very convincingly that you forgot. She's like, Beth, of course she did. That's the disease talking. Mm -hmm. And then I got into this huge argument with my mom about the medication program. And she hates everybody there. And everybody says they're terrible and blah, 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 blah. So she really railed at me and told me I don't know my ass from my elbow. (laughs) And I just stayed calm. Mm -hmm. And she hung up on me. The first big fight with her power, it was a power thing. So what you're saying is really important to let them, it's like dealing with my kids when they're little, like get dressed now. Okay, which, so then you go, which do you want to wear, the red or the blue? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to make them think they're in control all the time. It's a lot of work for us caregivers. (laughs) So she called me back an hour later crying and apologized. She said, I love you so much. You're doing everything for me. And I said, well, I'm glad you apologized because I wasn't about to bring you lunch tomorrow if you didn't. (laughs) I was not. She's like, I knew that. (laughs) 
So this week we're working towards getting her on. She said, I'll go on the medication program. And so what I'm doing is taking myself out of the equation and I'm having the nurses there set up a meeting with mom and she can ask some questions, tell them, even though the doctor is going to set it up on when she gets her medications, have Gail tell you everything and have her ask questions like, if I go out at night, can I tell them I need my medications later? She has all these questions. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So I just said, call her caregiver, set up the appointment, take me out of it so that if she has someone to get mad at, she can get mad at either her caregiver or Fountain View, not right. me. Yeah. Right. Because she is a blamer and she gets angry, as we know, or as people should know, whatever personality traits your dementia person has will be completely exacerbated as the disease progresses. Although part and in your mother, that's how it's working. And some people, well, and are. some people they get nicer. You know what I mean? You're right. You never know. That's the hard part. She's kind of gotten sweeter because she's so needy, in a sense. So she doesn't really, really want to offend me. Which is, I knew she'd call me and apologize. I was like, okay, fuck you too. Hang up. <laughs> boom. But you know, her doctor said it was interesting the other day because I'll take advice from anyone. And although her doctor isn't a dementia specialist, she said, Beth, as the disease progresses, she'll be more agreeable because her mind will be so confused. She will have no choice but to go along with things. Are you finding that? A little bit. A littlest bit. Like, Mm -hmm. she got mad at me about the medicine, but then she said she'd do it. So they're going to start. I just got an email now from Fountainview. They're going to go up this week. They're making an appointment. They're going to talk to her. They're going to decide how she wants things. So it's all in her hands. She feels more empowered. Absolutely. More in control. Yeah. She'll Mm -hmm. probably, she might forget, but that's okay. She might forget she ordered breakfast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh goodness. And the driving. So how did that, she got lost a couple of times. Yeah. She, it's so hard because she's such a strong personality. So the first time she was going to a new dentist, which if, She had made two big rights. She would have been there. She made the two big rights, but then uh, she called me later and she said, oh, my God, there were no numbers on buildings. They took the numbers off. And so I asked this cop for directions three times and he was lost. Projection, blame. Mm -hmm. He was so lost. I was like, "Okay, okay." So she made another appointment for a different dentist two weeks later. And she grew up, I mean, grew up. She lived on the West Side for 30 years of Los Angeles and has been to Wilshire and 15th Street two million times. She knows where the beach is there, which way you go to the beach. Very simple. So after it, she calls me and she said, ways broke. And so I don't know how to get back to my place. I haven't lived there very long, and I don't know. And it was basically like, go down to Lincoln, make a left, take it to Jefferson, make a left. She knows. She's been there a million times. So I FaceTimed her. My husband and I literally drove home with her the entire time. I told her, okay, get ready. You're going to make a left soon. Stayed with her until she got onto Jefferson and got to Fountain View. She's like, it's unbelievable. Has Waze ever done this to you? I'm like, oh, yes, they have. 
And it's always like, they asked me for a special password. Like you don't, part of her debilitation has to also do with processing. So she reads something. She can't process what she's reading very well, whether it's a slow, I know this because my son has, he's a learning difference kid. So I know about the slow processing. That's one of his issues. So I'm very versed in it. So I can tell what trips her up. I know she can't read emails anymore because in the beginning I ordered her some, oh, she ordered something from Amazon and then she saw the receipt come in, but has ads on it, like for Pampers. And she said to me, oh my God, they're sending me Pampers. They're sending me Pampers. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back right. to the, the ways I knew that she just couldn't read what was on her phone on the app. I don't know how you didn't burst out laughing during all that. I just, broke, like how you kept it together in that. Well, moment. because I've heard that so many times, because you get so confused. You're like, maybe ways did break. Actually, she so believes it. It's like hard to even make a dent and tell her no. Yeah. But then a couple of weeks later, I got, I got something from her business manager, which said she needs to go take a driving test because somebody reported her. You have two weeks to do it or something. It's really that whole form. And I've noticed with other people, they've received that form. It's like two weeks. You got to go take a test. Got to go in there. And I thought she's going to fail this test. And so I talked to her very gently about it. And she wasn't happy about it. She's like, that policeman was lost. I'm like, I know. So then when I found out about the money thing, somebody in our group, he said, Beth, Tell her she'll lose all her money if she gets in an accident. And that was the clincher. And so she was like fine with that. And then she had asked one of my sisters to help her go to the market once a week since I do everything else. And my sister said, I am hiring her someone. That's how we got a caregiver several days a week. Oh, I see. So it started after she couldn't drive anymore. Yeah. I needed help driving. Sure. Which is great. I'm like, great, let's get her help. So we have this woman. And then she had hip replacement surgery, which everybody told me, Beth, does she have to? Does she have to? And when you're dealing with a dementia patient who has to have a major surgery, there are the complications that can come with it uh, from the anesthesia, etc. They gave her, I think, the lightest form of anesthesia along with like a pain block for the area. Despite that, she went a little psycho after the surgery. Super super coops. Super coops. And that was super fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) We had to get her Xanax because she'd have these anxiety attacks where she'd get like fixated and she'd just get obsessive thoughts. So like when we had her under 24-hour care with nurses every 12 hours, but she'd be like, come here. The nurses aren't cleaning the toilets. Oh, and she would get obsessed with that for like an hour until like my brain would explode. So the nurse and I decided we need to call the doctor and we got some Xanax and she got the Xanax and that helped us. Oh, good. So it's like you're always dealing with a minefield. You don't know where the mines are because, as I said, every case is different. Right. Yeah. And you deal with surgery or you deal with the driving or you deal with whatever comes up at whatever time and you sort of have to tackle a problem. And once she was discharged from the hospital, did that subside? 
No, it happened when she got home. Oh, that happened when she got home. Yes, her nurses. Oh, oh she hated the nurses at the hospital too. Oh, please. She came home and said, I want to tell the whole world how awful those nurses were in the hospital. She's like, I'm just trying to figure out how. Figure it out. Let me know. So that was pretty tough. And she's much better now. Although I definitely see like the whole thing with the breakfast happened the other day. And that was just like mind blowing because that was so clear cut dementia. Because you get confused the whole time. You're confused. They're confused. You get confused. It's so clear-cut, short-term memory loss. That's so, I mean, right, because she remembers other shit so easily. And then you go, oh, she just ordered that an hour ago, and it is not in her brain. Yeah. Which I find to be fascinating and weird. Talk about what you call this. this The middle smarts? Yes. Yes. I have a name for this period because I tend towards comedy in my life to try to make everybody laugh. People pleaser. And you do. You're very funny. Right? Everyone laughs in our group. You're so funny. I try. Like, my husband's always like, you should do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, yeah, only the brunch show. Because I get tired at, like, six. I couldn't do the late show. So <laughs> I could be a brunch comic. There you go. I don't think there's a market for that. As long as I'm keeping you laughing in the group, I'm good. But yeah. I realize this is a middle schmerz. Like, people talk about when they go over the fence. When they go over, I mean, have you heard, like, is this resonating for what's real? Because I don't know. This is what I've heard. This period right now is where they're sort of lucid and they know what's going on, but then they do some really wacky things and you go, okay. I find it really hard. I find it really disconcerting and confusing on a daily basis. Like I said, it's like a minefield. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like this middle stage, which yeah. I think is a great name, the middle schmertz. The middle schmertz. It's a little bit of a Jewish tip to it but anyone can use it from any religion absolutely (laughs) it's a free-flowing word for all denominations and i mean this is like i'm in therapy which i recommend for everyone because it keeps me sane teaches me boundaries teaches me how to take care of myself in this which is so with the beginning of this it was really hard and people would say to me take time for yourself self-care and i'm like Fuck you all. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know where I am. I Like, I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I had one friend to tell me, when you're not with her, don't think about her. Because I was, like, obsessively thinking about it. What's next? What's next? How can I make it easier? How can I take care of her? But I get it now. Like, I try to not think about it. I try to put her behind a wall if you need imagery so I can function in my life and not feel guilty that I'm not doing everything all the time. It's like a muscle and I'm actually getting stronger and stronger. But there's something I said to my therapist, which you can't say out loud is like, I'm almost looking forward to when she does go over the fence because I feel like that will be easier. And I think that's an honest, but awful feeling to have as a caregiver, because I think, as I said earlier, that period's going to be really sad, but I think more manageable than what I'm dealing with now. But I'm sure people over there on that side of the fence are not happy that I would be saying this. But I I just feel like this is really chaotic. There's nothing less than chaos now because yeah, yeah. It's, it's chaos every day. Every day I get a picture from her. She sends me a picture of something she needs me to order. So I'm very 
astute to my responsibilities. I'm that's the word, but I order everything for her on Amazon, anything she needs. Her caregiver's been taking her to the market, but I'll still order her things like paper towel and toilet paper, whatever she needs. She's very fancy. She has shampoos and hair creams and face creams that I still have to order all that stuff. And I still manage right now, we're in the transition of me managing her medications in my capacity. I do, I just coordinate the refills with the drugstore as well as her doctor and her caregiver. So they let me know what she needs. I make sure it's done, make sure all prescriptions. But I think that's going to change next week when they manage her medications. So again, trying to take off some responsibility and letting myself not feel guilty. Good, because it sounds like you're doing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. It was like two, three times a day, FaceTime calls. But it's funny with her. I can always tell when she's got a problem or she's mad about something. She won't FaceTime me. She'll regular call me. So I don't answer those calls anymore. I wait 30 minutes. I know she's safe. I know she has someone there. I know she's not dying. And then I call her back on FaceTime because she's so much nicer on FaceTime. Oh, how interesting. It's Yeah, you have to learn about how they are so that you can manage not getting overwhelmed 24-7. Right, right. But I think that's only when you've been in the process for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like you discover a pattern and oh, yes. yeah, you become aware of it and think, oh, okay, she's mad. She's calling me. Not it, on this time. Yeah. Each person is different. So you have to, you have to learn and you have to know that the muscle will grow. I know that's so therapeutic in concept, but it really is true. I'm really getting better at not feeling guilty. I'm getting better at taking care of myself. I'm getting better at leaving it alone for a little bit. I know she's safe. I know she's there. God forbid something happened. She can bring down to the nurses. You know, it's. Yeah, exactly. You've kind of put her in this place where she's she's safe. safe. So you can step back a little bit and not feel so bad. Yeah. And as if she's home alone, where if you don't, answer the phone or show she's just going to be there herself you don't know what's happening here she has a whole system around her a safety yeah 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 and lately i noticed something that's probably pretty common and it shows me her dementia is advancing she can't remember like my sister's kids names Mm. her grandchildren she's like what's his name again what's his name here we go she says here we go oh so So she's aware of it she's aware And she went out with one of her best friends yesterday and she's like, what's her son's name, Mark? And we've known them since the kids are born. I said, no, it's Matthew. She's like, oh, so close. She is aware. But I think the next stage, or I'm trying to prepare myself, is that she's not going to even care that she's forgetting and she'll just call him Mark. Right. right. Am I right? Yeah. Tell me, tell me, Barbara. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? I have to know. Gosh. Yeah. No, that is probably what will happen. But who knows? We don't know what's next for Gail. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I really should. We'll deal with it. It would have been uh, nice to have like a documentary group, like just film her now. I think it's so fascinating. Speaking of, like, uh, did you ever watch that movie, The Father? I did not. 
I, <gasps> I have to watch it. I know. You ha- it, let me tell you, I know these kind of movies are depressing. This one isn't. Yeah. That's this one, I don't know how it didn't win Best Film of the Year because it's such a beautiful film. And it's all from his point of view. Right, and right. I don't want to tell you much because it's so well done. That no, I'm gonna, I have to watch it. Yeah, and the only sad scene I tell everyone is the last scene, but it's like a three minute scene, and you cry, but you're you're fine. But it's fascinating on how they see things because you wonder why. Like I wonder why my mother is so sure that the policeman was lost mm-hmm. because the way she saw it, and you see in this movie the way they see things. Right. And it's fascinating. That really actually helped me. Like I found that movie to be extremely helpful. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like let's talk about what you have found helpful. A lot of things. Yes. I think I've spewed a few of my tips here. Yes. I think one thing, like I said, and you changed the wording, which was fabulous because it made me feel better, is to be creative about how you get things done which might include all kinds of things, including not disclosing the truth. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Yeah. It sounds like you're thinking quickly on your feet these days. Yeah. And it gets easier. Like I noticed, here's another thing that's really helpful. My new response. Here's my new response. Oh, okay. That is one of my all time favorite new discoveries. Oh, okay. Right. The doctor doesn't know. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. They brought the wrong breakfast. Oh, okay. Because if you're going to say, no, they didn't, you ordered it. She is 200% sure, more sure than you are. <laughs> they are in their reality and no one's going to talk them out of it. So you have to have whether, oh, okay, works for you. Or some other combination of words that just allows them to be right, even though they're wrong. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, okay. Creative about your answers. Not fighting it. I know in groups sometimes people are like, yes, and I try to say that, no, mom. I once did that with my dad. And it's funny that where you live, because he was in a place in the Palisades called Atria. And he was on the dementia floor, even though it was like glioblastoma, but he had to be somewhere where they locked him in. And it was really pretty. And one day, you know, when I did tell him the truth, oh, twice I told him the truth. So this is one day, he really wanted to know where he was. And I said, Dad, come here. We looked out the window and said, that is Sunset Boulevard. That we're not in New York. He thought we were in New York. And he said to me, you're kidding me. I said, no, I swear. He's like, Ed, you're telling me that Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> we called it Sunset. <laughs> and my sisters and I at the time, we would always say, is that Sunset? Are you going to take a left on Sunset? <laughs> So it's like, you can't even, I mean, you can't go with the truth because their truth is so much stronger than your truth. And knowing that will help you. Right, right, knowing right. that their truth is unchangeable. So, oh, okay. Go with it. Remember that movie? There was a movie called Go With It where they all were like lying. 
uh, Jennifer Aniston and what's his face and just go with it saves you so much grief and I know like people hearing this right now might be like well that doesn't resonate yet it will resonate because you will hit walls where you're arguing with them and then you feel terrible but you're not a bad person and that's another mantra you're not you're a good person you're a really good person I have to tell myself that like 17 times a day Oh, you are a good person. Oh my gosh. I know, but like, I can't, it's getting stronger that I believe that, but you come up with a lot of feeling bad about yourself. Yeah, because there's so many, that's right. I agree because there's so many things that you're kind of fighting against and you're taking away independence and doing all of these things that don't feel good. So of course you don't feel like a good person. Yeah, because and then the next day there sort of seems normal and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that yesterday. They forget that they ordered the breakfast. So you go, oh, yeah, no, I should have done that. Like I've been hemming and hawing about this medication thing all for the past month. And then with the whole, the doctor forgot that I was on a diuretic. And then the doctor telling me, I went, oh, yeah, she really does me. Right, right. You know, so for me, oh, and then I had a conversation when she was yelling and screaming at me about the medication. It was fascinating. So in the beginning of the conversation, I said to her, when do you take your medicines? And she said, I take them in the morning and the evening. I said, wait a minute, you have medications you take twice a day. So you take them with your sleeping pills. She said, yes. I said, okay. And then we got to the end of the conversation. This is when she got really pissed at me. Because I was hit with something that was just shocking. And she said, I take my medications in the morning and with dinner and then my sleeping pills before bed. And I said, wait a minute, mom, you just told me at the beginning of this conversation, this was my mistake. Here's my mistake coming up. You told me you took them twice a day. You take your second pill with your sleeping meds. She said, I can't talk to you anymore. I have to go and hung up the phone. <sighs> And then called me back crying and apologizing and saying, I'm going to go on the medication program. But that made me realize, All right. even though my choice to point it out to her, you said this, you have Alzheimer's. Right. You know, that is the wrong approach. <laughs> but of course, you want to prove yourself right. You know, I'm right. You cannot be right. Because as I said, their reality is 200% solid. So... She's so confused at times, and especially at the end of the day. This is my new thing. Another new thing is I realize anytime I speak to her after four, she's wacky. She's sundowning. Yeah, which sundowning is a big umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can do all kinds of things. I'm just learning about it. She gets really wacky, more confused. She's always, oh, I'm so tired, so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired every day after four. She gets this face on her that's like this. And then she closes her eyes when she's talking to me. And then the phone's all over the place. And I'm like, mom, hold the phone straight. Like, I just know I cannot speak to her after four. Is so that she's medication related? Or is that? What, I what think is it's that? sundowning. It's sundowning. It's, I, so that's why I'm asking you. It's like, I'm just learning about this time of day with her. Like, is she sundowning? What is sundowning? Well, it is confusion late in the day. Yes, okay. more okay. agitation and confusion yes. late in the day. Okay, yeah, that that is it. That's where she's at right now. Right. And um, I asked her caretaker, I'm like, do you notice that at the end of the day? She goes, oh, yes, yeah, she's definitely sent out me. 
Mm. And I was like, okay, because she has more experience dealing with Alzheimer's patients. Mm-hmm. She said, I give her a, a shower at five. And what's fascinating, it's three weeks out from this hip surgery or four weeks. Tomorrow will be four weeks out. She still wants her to give her a shower. Oh, okay. And it's great. Yeah. But it's also strange because she's very private. So her caretaker gives her a shower at like five. She said it calms her. And once in a while, she'll slip her a quarter of a Xanax because she gets super agitated at that time. Right, right. Does that help? Yeah. She's already on an antidepressant. She's already on some things. I mean, and she definitely needs it all because she's a really tough person. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, she's tough. Like Like she was always a very strong person. What makes me crazy is that like my sisters had rough relationships with her. I did too. I was like, by the way, you're not helping and you left me with this really difficult human. You know what I mean? Which is Uh people who are struggling getting assistance from siblings. That's a whole nother thing that we don't talk about in group, but it's really important to know that there are a lot of us out there doing it on our own. So here I am Uh going, wait, and now I have to take care. So is there a way to pull them in, in a, in some, I tried, I've tried for two years. I've tried. You're dealing with very small minds and small perspectives on the situation that haven't evolved. They're still stuck in their anger at the parent mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do anymore to change it. I have tried begging, which I've done for about a year. I've tried through a third party, which is her power of attorney because she had to give that up. Oh, your mom gave up her power. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. She had to give up her power of attorney. So I go try to go through him. Can you ask my sisters to do A, B, or C? And they gave him the what for. So that's another thing where I've become stronger as well. I don't give a shit anymore. But whether they think I'm the one that has to because I was favored or whatever, it's like it doesn't even enter my... And this is new because it takes a lot to get yourself in this sort of place where you're in your own pond and no one can come in Mm -hmm. unless you invite them. Sometimes a very specific task, like can you do X for mom or with mom is helpful. Maybe not in your, in your situation, but sometimes that helps. with. Oh yeah. They'll throw, why don't you get her caregiver an extra day? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's literally a brick wall. Right. So I know it's really hard, but I've had to, no one understands it really. Like anyone I talk to, no one understands it. And I've stopped explaining to people because they're like, well, did you say this to her? Did you do that? No, there's nothing. There's, I don't get it. Right. I don't get how people aren't more compassionate when they get older, but I happen to have this. This is my situation Mm -hmm. where they don't care. So what helps you is kind of doing most most everything uh, and most everything but i'm getting better like i'm having the nursing staff right. there and the doctor and her caretaker now that she's a caretaker slowly because it's only been a couple months i'm giving her more responsibility great taking it i'm happy to go on amazon listen it takes what one minute yeah so i'm happy things. to order that stuff 
mm-hmm. and do that. It's easy for me. But it's like defining your limits and defining what you're going to do and what you're comfortable with. I mean, and I think that takes a lot of time. With, yeah. With being so you're caretaker. not resentful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the journey of the caretaker right. to find your limits, stay balanced within yourself, but also feel like a good person and that you're helping. So your whole life isn't about someone else. Yeah. And that's hard because if you're a decent human, you have a lot of empathy. I'm getting better thinking I'm a decent human because you're going to have thoughts of anger and resentment and all that stuff is going to come up for you. And you go, but I'm a good person and I'm doing all this, but I still feel angry and I kind of hate them today. And I think that's why it's great to get in a support group because you hear that from other people. Like, I love it when people let their hair down and say, I, today I wanted to kill her. They don't say kill. They're not meaning kill. But right. you know what I'm saying. Ah, we're all good people. All the caretakers. All, they're all great people. But we're all people that did not see our lives ending up like this. Where we're older now, it's not a TV show. It's a reality. Mm-hmm. that you get older, your parents get older, whether it's, it's dementia, it's whether long, it's, it's a long it's, reality. And it's hard people. and it's anger provoking. It's stress inducing and you lose yourself. It's like being in a bad relationship. So you have to be in this bad relationship, but you have to learn how to be healthy in a relationship that you can't get out of. Yeah, so it's a lot of self-discovery. Yes, I mean, that is the beautiful side of it. Like, all my issues, all our issues come up. They, like, just smack us in the face. Just issues with your parents, issues with getting older, issues with self-worth. It's really, actually, I mean, for the past, I'll say four days, I felt stronger than ever, where I thought I was drowning for the past three months, if not two years, drowning. I've all of a sudden come to this point where I'm like, my boundaries got stronger. I think once you create new words for yourself and new, I mean, I know the word affirmation sounds hooey and I'm the first one to be like, that's so cliche, but there's a reason for cliche. There's a reason for affirmations. They work. Yeah, they work repetitive dialogue, new dialogue that you give yourself in your head. For me, sometimes it's, it's a vision, the picture, and I make this very strong wall. It used to be a door. And then I said, no, it can't have a door because they can get in. But I put a wall up and put them behind it. And I keep envisioning that. And sometimes I climb over the wall, but I make the wall higher. Mm-hmm. It's really important to know, and I want to impart this the most, that you do get stronger and better at dealing with this stuff. You will have setbacks. Your mind will be blown at things that happen. But once you create a new dialogue within your own psyche, you start to build that muscle and those other old voices. I call them old voices. I'm sure a lot of people do, but the old voices subside. They'll try to knock and say, hey, you're worthless. 
Right. How you doing? You're doing a shit job. But now I say, you know what? Actually, I'm not. You're really, you're really old. You're so outdated. I think it's good to know that there is like light, some sort of light at the end of the day. I absolutely agree. And I like that you're calling it a muscle because that's what it is. And it's just, I know, I know people will go poo poo. No, but it's really a muscle. And if you keep building it, it will get stronger. It will. I think that is a perfect place to end. I agree. Okay, good. I, that is a great place to end. Beth, thank you for coming on today, for having the courage to talk to me. I so appreciate it. I love caregiver appreciates it. So thank you. I am way more thankful to you. You have helped me so much through group in the past few months that I mean, I have no words. I have no words. Well, we're a team. Our heads are better than one. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Dementia Discussions. If you're a caregiver or know someone who's a caregiver that would like to be a guest on the show, please call me at 310-362-8232 or go to DementiaDiscussions.net forward slash contact and let me know. It takes courage because not everyone's willing to do that. I would love to have you. Remember that you can follow Dementia Discussions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you would leave a review. For any other information about this podcast, please visit me at DementiaDiscussions.net. And please share this podcast with someone you know if you think it may help. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again next time on Dementia Discussions.